Well, hello, church. My name is Chris. I'm one of the worship pastors here, and I'm so grateful that I get to be the one to open the scriptures with you today. I love it when we gather together. I love it when we worship together, and we're going to have a good time today. You know, as I was uh, driving here, I began to think of a story. It was reminded of a story and a phrase that I think is for you today. Here, Here it is, that God sees you. God knows you right where you are. God has not forgot about you. God loves you. Hear those phrases again. Don't just let them uh, just breeze past you. Let it, let it land on you. Let it, let it open your heart. Here, here's what it is again. That God sees you. That God knows you. He has not forgot about you. And he loves you. You know, years ago, I was, I was driving down the road and I saw this woman. She was uh, walking on the sidewalk and as she walked, she had this massive limp. And I think that's probably why my head went to her and there was this big limp, and I, but I just kept, I kept driving. But this thought came to my mind that I should stop and pray for her. And so I thought, well, that's weird. And so I just kept driving and the thought came back and all of a sudden my heart started racing and, and all of a sudden I just prayed, well, Lord, would you bless that woman? And, and I had the thought, well, that's not what, I feel like the Lord asked me to do. I thought it was to pull over and pray for her. And so I just, finally, I just turned around. After several blocks, I thought, well, oh, just forget it. I'm going to do it. So I turned around, but now I'm thinking like, how am I going to do this? So I'm driving back and I'm looking for this lady. She's on the sidewalk. I see her. And then I'm thinking, well, do I just pull over and just jump out? Like, hi, I'd like to pray for you. Well, no, you can't do that. So I, I just drove a little bit past her. I, I got out a few blocks ahead of her and I got on the sidewalk and then just tried to walk at, you know, toward her like everything was normal. Okay, and so I'm walking towards her and I don't know what to say. And the whole time in my mind, I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But I just I thought I should just pray for her. And as we got close, I said, hi there. My, my name is Chris. And have we ever met before? And she says, no. And I'm like, I didn't think so. But I said, now this is a little, a little bit odd for me. But I said, as I was driving by, I just had the thought that I should stop and pray for you. And I said, um, would you be okay if I just prayed for you for a moment? And she looked at me, big eyes that said, yeah, that'd be fine. And so I lifted my hand and I just prayed for her. And I said, Lord, thank you for this woman, Lord. I thank you that you see her, that you know her, that you've not forgot about her, that you love her. Thank you for the plans that you have for her. I thank you that you can do above and beyond all she asks or thinks. Would you bless her today? In your name, amen. I said, hey, thank you so much for letting me pray for you. And she said, looked back at me with these big eyes and said, this is the craziest thing. I, and I'm, like, I'm thinking like, yeah, I know. She says, well, just a few blocks back, I was thinking. I used to go to church as a child, but I haven't prayed in forever. And I just prayed back there just a few blocks ago. And I said, God, this isn't the way life was supposed to go. Do you see me? Do you know me? Have you forgot about me? She said, do you love me? And then she said this. She said, and I prayed, Lord, if you love me, would you send me a sign? Ha! <laughs> and it must have been right about the time that I drove on by. And in the same time today, I feel the same sense. I'm supposed to tell you, God sees you. He knows you. He has not forgotten about you. And he loves you. He's got a good plan for your life, plan of good things. He can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Oh, it's gonna be good. 
Here, we're gonna dive into the scriptures in just a moment, but I want that to open up your heart. I want that just to open up the possibilities of what God can do in your life and in my life. You know, before we go any further, I just wanna uh, stop here for a moment and just say, you know, church, I wanna give you an opportunity to give. Thank you for giving so faithfully. Thank you for giving of tithes and offerings. You guys just seeing the way that you trust God with your finances, the seeing the way that you, you follow through and follow in Jesus' lead because he gave to us, we freely give to him. And seeing what this ministry is doing because of your giving is extraordinary. So thank you for giving. It's not too late. If anybody else wants to get in on that, you can simply text Hosanna Church to 79777 and it'll send you a text and you can sign up and all that kind of stuff. So check it out. Church, today I get the opportunity to launch a brand new sermon series and I'm totally pumped about it. Here's the title of the sermon series that we're gonna talk about for three weeks. Trusting God, full stop. For three weeks, we get to talk about this. Trusting God. And it's a great time to trust God. Why are we talking about this? Because it's 2020 and everything's been just a little crazy. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, you got coronavirus, we got economic stuff going on. We got job loss stuff going on. We got racial and reconciliation stuff going on and turmoil in cities. And as you might know, you know, we're gonna elect a president here in a short time. Some of us are wondering, What's the end of 2020 going to look like? And what's 2021 going to look like? Anxiety can run. Our fears can run. And we can wonder about the future. But when we slow down and when we open up the scriptures, we can see that we can trust God. When we slow down enough to listen to the voice of God in our lives, we can steady our hearts. We can be kept in peace because we trust him. We can find direction because we trust him. For three weeks, we get to chat about this and it's gonna be great. We're gonna look at the life of Elijah. Elijah is a great prophet in the scriptures, in the Old Testament. He's a, he's a prophet that Jesus knew. He knew of him. He had read his stories. He even talked about Elijah. He informed Jesus's life on how to even trust God. I mean, think about Jesus. Jesus went all the way to the cross. He, he said stuff like, Lord, into your hand, I commit my spirit. What great trust he had. And we wanna be a church that looks like Jesus. Jesus was able to say, I can go to the cross and even unto death and I can trust my father that he's gonna raise me to new life. Yeah. And he said, I could trust my father to send you all my followers, all who would believe, all who would ask of the Holy Spirit, I can trust my Father to send the Holy Spirit to you. What a beautiful thing. And where did he learn that kind of trust? Well, he cultivated it through relationship with his Father. But he also had great people before him, like Elijah. Knowing Elijah's story, you can see trust. So if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17? Now, Elijah we're going to look at pretty much his whole life over the next, uh, these three weeks. But nowhere in his life does he say, let's just stop for a minute. Let me teach you how to trust God. He doesn't say, let me give you the one, two, three. No, nothing like that. What we have here in the scriptures is just the account of his life, the story of his life. But as you read it, you think that is a guy who trusted God. Through the highs and through the lows, through the wrestling he trusted God. And so we're going to take a look at this. I, what I want to do is I want to read all 24 verses of chapter uh, 17 here in 1 Kings. 
And now, not a lot of churches could handle 24 verses just read straight, but this is no ordinary church. I know you could do it. I want you to lean in in this story, and there's some really cool stuff in this. So check it out, and then we're going to chat our way through it. But here it is. Now, Elisha the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except my word. Now catch that. The very first thing he said is, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives. We're going to come back to that. Verse 2. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, go away from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and lived by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a woman, a widow, was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Hey, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and only a little oil in the jar. And behold, I am gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do what I have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me and afterwards you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So he went and did, so she went and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted. Nor did the jar of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. Now it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became sick. And his sickness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what do I have to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my iniquity to remembrance and put my son to death? And he said to her, give me your son. And he took him from her bosom and carried him up to the upper room where he was living and laid him on his own bed. And he called to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought calamity to the widow with whom I am staying by causing her son to die? And then he stretched himself upon the child three times and called to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let the child's life return to him. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the life of the child returned to him and he revived. 
And Elisha took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. Elisha said, see, your son is alive. And the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Amen. What an amazing story. You know, in reading this story, I'm holding my, this is my grandfather's Bible. He gave it to me just a few weeks before he passed. It's incredibly special to me. And when I open up this scripture and begin to read it, I hope you see what I see. Elijah, a man who trusted God through the ups and the downs, through the turns of life. He trusted God. He just kept going. No matter what was coming at him, he just kept on going. Trust in the Lord. What was the first thing that we learned about, about Elijah? What was the first thing that he said in this? And this is the first time that Elijah shows up in the scriptures. So we don't know anything about his past. We don't know how he became to be this trusting man of God. We don't know. What we know is that in this moment, the very first thing he says is as surely as the Lord lives. As surely as the Lord lives. That I think is key. A life of trust is built on a God who is alive. Not a God who is dead. Not a God who is asleep. Not a God who forgets people, but who sees people. As surely as God lives. Did you know that God lives today? He's with us. He's present with us. And it changes everything. So then he goes on to say this message that, that he felt like he was supposed to say. And that was that, hey, it's not going to rain until the Lord says it's going to rain. Now what's going on there? Here's what's going on. He was speaking to the king of Israel at the time, Ahab. Now, Ahab had just married this lady named Jezebel. And together, they turned from the true and the living God. And they started worshiping a false god. Particularly, they set up uh, God, this god in this little idol called Baal. And they started getting everybody to worship this god named Baal. Now, what's going on here? This god Baal is, is the god of fertility, not just like in human fertility, but with the earth. So is the God of rain, the God of thunder, the God of dew who would fertilize the earth and then the seeds would grow and that they would have the crops that they would need. Their economy would be good. Things around them would be strong. They would have everything that they wanted. And they thought, all we gotta do is just worship this little idol here named Baal. But the true and the living God is our source not this little thing that we serve. The same is true in our lives. You know, what are we going to serve in our life? Are we going to serve the true and the living God to say, hey God, you are my source. I'm going to trust you. Or are we going to try to make up our own thing? Try to find our own sustenance. Try to find our own way to make the ground grow and to find our own way to make money happen in our lives and all of that. Are we going to serve a graven image? Or are we going to trust in the Lord for our source? Are we going to try to make our own source? Or are we going to say, Lord, I'm trusting you all the way? So because of that, Elijah said, hey, it's not going to rain. It's not Baal that causes rain here. It's the true and the living God. And he'll send rain when he says. From there, God says, hey, go hide. Go hide by this brook that I've prepared for you. I have prepared something for you. My provision is for you. And he just does what God says to do. That's trust. He just trusts God. God, you said to go here. Okay, I'll go there. And the craziest thing happens. 
the ravens bring him food. And didn't you think that was crazy as I was reading that? That there's bread and meat and that the ravens bring it in the morning and the night. Now, the thing is, that's interesting is we read that and we're like, man, that's cool. But the thing is, is that to, to Elijah, who is this Jewish man, he would have known the first parts of the scriptures, which is to say at one point they deemed these birds, these ravens as unclean birds. So it's a little bit of a head tilt for Elijah because he's saying like, God, you're gonna provide for me. How? Like it wasn't the fact that, that like birds were just gonna like bring it to him. It was like, it was a raven specifically, this unclean bird, like God was gonna provide in this unlikely way but he just trusts God in it. He doesn't question it. He just trusts God in it. And in the same way, what about our lives? Like what if God's trying to provide for you and for me in unlikely ways? In ways that we're like, no, God, you don't do it that way. That's not how this happens. But God's saying, this is what I've provided for you. I'm providing for you. You can trust me in unlikely ways. The raven. And he's got this brook that he's drinking of which is great because apparently there's no water in the land. But at some point, this brook is, gets a little lower and gets a little lower. I wonder if he goes up to the brook and he takes his hand into the water and he pulls it up to his mouth one day and he says, you know what? I think that brook is a little bit less than what I had yesterday. Drinks it, goes to bed, wakes up in the morning, checks it. Yeah, I think there's less there than there was last week for sure. And it says that it dries up, which means at some point you're able to see the, the banks of the brook there and maybe there's just a puddle here and there. And he's saying, is this all I have in my bank account? <laughs> is this all I have in this relationship? Is this all I have in life? God, I thought you brought me to this point. I thought you told, you told me to come here. And now this thing is drying up what would you do? He just keeps on going. He listens for the voice of God. He trusts God again. And God says, hey, I've prepared a widow for you and she's gonna provide for you. But see, I wonder if that brook would have never dried. I wonder if he just would have stayed there. He had a good thing going. The ravens were like bringing him stuff. He was drinking from the brook. He had what he needed. This is good. God's provision, God had provided. But here's the deal. If he had stayed in that situation, the woman and her son, they would have died. Sometimes what dries up in our own life is not just for us. It's actually to affect us to move on to help somebody else. We don't know the ways of God. We just trust that this brook is looking dry all of a sudden. God, what do you have? You want me to go? I'll trust you. And he says, I've prepared a widow for you. Now, I don't know about you, but I wonder if I would be thinking this. Maybe Elijah was thinking like, that's a great idea. I'm sure she's a rich widow. <laughs> I'm sure she's rich, God. I'm sure she has all that I'm going to need. This rich widow, all oh, this is going to be good. So he gets over there, gets there to her, which is this unlikely source because it's outside of Israel. And, and he looks at her and she's gathering sticks and, hey, would you give me a glass of water? Would you give me bread? And all of a sudden she fires back at him. She says something extraordinary. I, I wonder if you caught it as we were reading it. She says, as surely as your God lives. Now that's interesting. She, she has like this moment of trust or moment of belief of seeing that his God was alive 
She has, and we don't and really, I can't really get it all. There's a mystery here, but she says, the first thing she says is, surely as your God lives. And then she goes on to say her own situation. I've got nothing. I've got a little flour in the bowl. And you're asking me to make bread. I've got a little oil, but I'm gathering sticks because I'm going to make a fire and I was going to make one piece of bread and my son and I, we were going to die. And now you're asking me to take what I have and give it to you. But she does it. Here in this story, we find this woman who trusts in the God of Elijah. Trusts the word that he says. Wow, I think that is extraordinary. She puts the needs of Elijah over hers. She puts his needs, the obedience to what God is saying to Elijah above her own. She trusts in that moment. Now check this out. The promise was not that the bowl of flour was going to be like running over with flour forever. Elijah didn't say, hey, when you go to bake that bread, you're going to see like five uh, gallons of flour or five pounds of flour. It's just going to be running over. Oh, it's going to be good. You're, you're never going to have to trust. Oh, no, no, no. It's not like that at all. He just said, when you stretch out to get that handful of flour, you're going to have what you need. When you stretch you can trust. The miracle was in the stretch. It wasn't in the overflow. It was when she had to stretch. She would have whatever she needed at her hand. Do you get what I'm saying? Trust can stretch. Trust can stretch even to a miracle. And she stretches and sure enough, she has what she needs time and time and time and time and time again. And if she can trust God in the stretch, so can we. Amazing. And then life happens. Her son gets sick. Can't breathe. And eventually he dies. And like any mother, she has grief. The pain is boiling up. And I don't blame her, but in the moment, she didn't remember or trust a God who had done this miracle time and time again. Every time her hand extended into the flower, it had everything it needed. She didn't remember that God who was so gracious and powerful. Now she questioned and wondered, why is this happening? And of course she would. She's filled with pain. Her son, she's holding her son, scripture says. Holding his lifeless body. She's got all this pain. I don't blame her, but Elijah, he knows the God, the God of the stretch, the God of the miracles. And he takes that boy in his arms, carries him and lays him down in the bed. And he too has his own questions. Trust can question God. He says, God, what's this all about? Why is this happening? But trust then prays. And he says, God, Pray that life would come back into this boy. And he stretches this, this weird thing, this mysterious thing. He stretches over the boy once. He stretches over the boy twice. He stretches over the boy three times. And somehow that boy begins to move. Somehow breath begins to come into that boy. And he takes him and he picks him up in his arms. 
And he brings that boy to his mama. And he says one word. Look. See. It's as almost as if he's saying, God has not forgotten you. God sees you. Look, he's alive. And the mom, she says these beautiful words. She says, it is true what you have said. Now I know that your God is true and the things that you say are true. It's an amazing chapter. I, I hope that you can see that this life of trust just keeps going. I hope you see these four things. I guess if I'm pulling four things out, I hope you're, you're seeing these and I hope they're inspiring. They're inspiring to me. I hope that you can apply them to your own life. That first, like trust starts with the God believing that there is a God who is alive. A God who is alive. Trust starts with that. It starts on that. And then it moves from there. Trust says that God can provide even in unlikely ways. Be open to it. Just be open to what God has in your life. You might be surprised by it. That there is a God you can trust even in the stretch. That sometimes it takes the stretching to get the miracle. And you can trust God in the stretch. And I hope you see this other thing, that you can trust God to provide even through you. Elisha in the moment, Elijah in the moment, he prays, let the life come back into this boy. And now all of a sudden he is providing for this boy. God is providing through Elijah in the same way he can provide through you and me. Uh, we can trust God today. Scripture says that if we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, lean not in our own understanding, acknowledge him in all his way, our ways, he will direct our paths. He will lead us. We can trust him. You know, earlier I said that I was preaching from my grandfather's Bible. My grandfather, a couple months before he passed away, I was sitting with him and my cousin in their three season porch. I said, uh, Grandpa, teach us, uh, teach us something about faith. We know you have a strong faith. How did that happen? Or teach us how to have a strong faith. It's like one of these holy moments where you don't think you're going to have very many of them left. And, and so he said, he got quiet for a second. Then he said this. He said, faith will find a way. That's the thing I would say. Faith will find a way. You can trust God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You can trust him. When you have nothing, you can trust him. And then he went on to share the story, one of the stories of his life. And that was one of the hardest times in his life when he, as a farmer in the 80s, they went through this farming crisis and the bank also went through the crisis and the bank called all his loans on the farm. The bills began to pile up. And does he have money to pay all these loans back? Of course not. So he puts all the bills, he said, on the table, the kitchen table. He said, we just cried. We didn't know what to do. He said, but at some point we took those bills and we laid them on the ground and we got on our knees and we prayed, God, we trust you. We don't understand this. We don't know how this happened, but we trust you. And he went on to share how God provided for them in unlikely ways. They had to end up selling everything, didn't have any equipment, couldn't farm the farms anymore. 
But God provided for them time and time and time again. At one point, he said, he said we heard that this town, oh, a couple towns over, where they were wanting uh, uh, people to bid on digging ditches. And so we said, well, let's do it. We've never done that before, but let's, let's see if we get the bid. And sure enough, they got that bid. He said, we heard of a company that needed a trucking company to haul away stuff. He said, we've never done it before, but we put the bid in. We were unlikely to get it, but we put it in, and somehow God provided that. We got that. And little by little, they began to grow. They began to farm one farm, two farms, three, and more and more and more. And God provided again. And with tears in his eyes, he said, you could trust him. Faith will find a way. And in the same way today, I would tell you the same thing. I would remind myself of the same thing. We can trust God. We can trust God in this moment. I wonder if we could just take a moment and pray and remind ourselves that God sees us. Remind ourselves that we can place our trust in him. Heavenly Father, we ask in this moment, oh, that you would help us to be trusting people. Only that you would help us, Lord, in our hearts, just to be open to you, to see you in unlikely ways. God, I pray for those that feel like they're in the stretch right now. I pray that there would be miracle upon miracle in their lives. Well, we just release that. Well, we just release miracles into people's lives, that they would see things, that there would be contracts that they would get, Lord, that just come out of nowhere, Lord, that you'd provide the job for them or that the relationship would just be on an uptick, Lord, that they would be able to follow you no matter what life is doing. I thank you, God, that you see us and you know us and you love us. So, Lord, we place our trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, thanks for giving me the opportunity to open the scriptures with you. It really is a pleasure. You know, as we, uh, as is our custom, you know, we, at the end of every message, we put up some questions because what we'd like for you to do is get with your people, whether that's in your small group, your church or home group, or maybe you bring a friend over and say, hey, watch this message with me and then let's chat about it. Because we think that if we can just dialogue about what the scriptures are saying or about what God's speaking to us, if we can dialogue a little, then we have more opportunity to work out trust in our lives. We know that good things will come of it. So we have some uh, questions for you. Feel free to use those. You know, we always say this. We have three things we try to do. We try to listen. We try to learn from one another. We try to love one another. That's it. It'd be my honor just to bless you before we're done today. Can I bless you now? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you guys.